I love our new way of filming this is the, the best, man. This, this is, is so good. Absolutely the best. Okay, I've got a joke for you. Okay. Hey, by the way. What? What's going on with your hair? Is this, a, is this a big dick contest? Because <laughs> I've grown my hair too, but you're, you're clearly winning. Yeah, it's not, I'm not actively trying to win. It just tends to happen with uh, me. Uh, I'm, uh, it's uh, just, yeah. I'm just that. Uh, you know what I love too? Because you're going through this very similar thing to me. You've got oh. all these women around you are going, cut your hair. And you're like, no, no. <laughs> this is my. <laughs> the more you say, don't cut my hair. Yeah, the more I don't uh, want to no, cut my hair. Make, yeah, you know. You're... I've got two kids now. I think this is sort of like my early midlife crisis. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of midlife crisis. Yeah. Uh, the other day I was home and uh, I heard all these cops roll up to my next door neighbor's house oh. and they all did some investigating and, um, I went out to see her and I said, what's going on? And she goes, oh, the cops had to come over because there's, um, someone keeps stealing all my underwear off my, off my, uh, line. Yeah. And I said, oh, what are they going to do about it? And they said, well, they, when they find him, they're going to, um, they'll find the perpetrator. They're going to put him in jail. It scared me so much. I shat in the pants. <laughs> <laughs> Attack commences in 60 seconds. Welcome to the Game On AUS podcast, episode 98. Up your bloody date, Pete. Your yes. bloody date. Yes. Dan. Two away. Two away. Two away from or the three. magic century. Just, well, this one. Yeah. And we're going to knock it over, aren't we? Hey, uh, mate, we've got some spectacular stuff to share with our listeners in this podcast. It's really, really exciting. Kevin Walker, also known as Avril, A-V-R-L, that name might mean something to you, especially if you watch or play a lot of Overwatch. Mm. He is one of the greats, one of the guys that you see on those highly produced uh, Blizzard casts for contenders. He's an analyst, commentator, caster. He's one of the best, and we'll have him on this show. Is it too much to say that he's the Bruce McAvaney of Overwatch casting? I don't think it is. No? He is the Bruce McAvaney. He's special. He's special. He's special. 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 So special. Yes. Uh, delicious. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, jeez. Are we... we... <laughs> Start again. Start again. So busy. Start again. <laughs> now nah, we'll just get into it. <laughs> yes! Game on. Game on. It's game time. Excellent. Game on. Game on. It's game time. Excellent. Special. Delicious. <laughs> oh, Cyril, yes. yes. Oh, he didn't, did he? He did. He did. Uh, <laughs> hello, my name is Pete. <laughs> my name's Dan the Internet. And for the next hour, we're going to bang out about, uh, on, about, we're going to, blah, 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 blah. we are going to bang on about gaming, Dan. You know why? Because we bloody love gaming, Peter. And you know what else we bloody love, Dan? Uh... Uh, KFC, yeah, yeah, and bloody gaming and gaming. Yes! Yes! <laughs> Big thanks to our mates, uh, PLE Computers, our tech sponsor. Head over Legends. to game which is where you can find all of the great reviews. Thanks to our partners, publishers, and devs right around the country. Mm. Um, little hello to Daniel Visser from Wicked Witch Software. Yeah, uh, I saw a nice little notification pop up from him. He wants to join the Game On AUS God Mode closed group. Wow. Wow, right? Wow. wow. Well, you can't. <laughs> you can't yeah. until you fly us over to yes. Victoria to play an early development game of AFL Evolution yes. 2. Okay? Correct. Just joking. I'm, <laughs> something's wrong. Obviously. Just Devis, joking. if you're listening to this, 
Um, I don't know why, but the groups function in Facebook is cooked at the moment, and that's why we can't hit accept. But we really want to hit accept. Zuckerberg! Zuckerberg! Prick. Um, now, Dan. Peter. Uh, have I? Oh, andrewhug.com. You may be listening to this. Andrewhug.com. And our apologies that we didn't have a podcast for you last week, but um, I was away. I was away this time. I know. I was away. I was actually here. You here, were actually ready here. To do it. Yeah, and you weren't. No, I was away for a change. How nice is that? <laughs> um, don't forget to find us across all of the socials. Hit us up on podcastone.com.au. There is fresh stuff for you to listen to as well. Up in the air at Qantas International Domestic and Jetstar as well. But let's get on with it. <laughs> These are the top three things that gamers need to hear this week. Dan. Yes. Uh, I've got no idea. You, we haven't talked about this. So we haven't gonna, talked about it. You're going to read them out, and we I'm just, yeah, just going to talk right. shit. That's <laughs> <laughs> what we do, and what we have been doing for the past 97 <laughs> shows. Um, so you'll love this. Yeah. Horny gamers, mm. it's already started. Tick. Tick. Schwing. <laughs> are already making the most of Skyrim's new unofficial Switch mod support. Let me take you through this. Talk, take me through it. If you've got a hacked Switch and Skyrim, mm. you apparently can now bring popular mods from the PC version of the game with you, including the ones that appeal to hornier players. Now, you know, um, we've spoken about mods before. Mods are yes, yes, games yes. like Skyrim and stuff. Uh, obviously, the developers like people modding the games. And, you know, you look at GTA Five. GTA Five, yeah. You see all sorts, right? Like you see um, the main character being able to fly around like he's Superman. And, yep, you know, yep, yep. it's great. It's just fantastic. Using a tool called Skyrim NX Toolkit, people are porting over mods that were made for previous editions of the game. The Switch version of the game, which was released late last year, doesn't natively support any fan-made mods. This story, by the way, from kotaku.com.au. Of course. Love you guys. Of course. But fans have found a way. The NX tool and the mods are free to download on the Nexus Mods site. So this is uh, handy info if you want to get around this on your Switch, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, the most popular Switch-compatible mods that are currently available on there are body replacements for female characters, oh, God. new skin textures and new skeletons, all mods designed to make the women of Skyrim sexier <laughs> from a conventional view of what's hot at least. So at the moment, I'm looking at a picture of one of these, these I would say, bar wench. You know, the various oh, bars yeah, that you yeah. have in Skyrim? Yes, 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 bar yes, wench. Yes, yes. Clothes are off. And she looks a little bit more like uh, um, even the bikini. She's wearing a bikini. Are you, watching, are you looking at it right now? I'm looking at it right I'm now. Come around. Come around. Oh, yeah, I see. Yeah, you see. Right? Yeah, right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and, um, <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> if, if you're listening to this right now, imagine um, uh, uh, Princess Leia in the in the oh. in Jabba the Hutt's uh, uh, yes. costume bikini Not half thing. many imagine that. That's, that's what this looks like yeah. right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Um, a variety of non-sexy mods have also been ported over. Not that anybody cares, apparently. <laughs> that includes a mod that allows you to skip the intro to the game, and Project AHO, a quest mod that purports to be comparable to a medium-sized DLC. So, uh, essentially, new downloadable content for the game, which is kind of cool. Now, this Skyrim NX Toolkit has 95 downloads. The mod gives female faces fuller lips and bigger eyes. Mm. <laughs> Are you kidding? No, I'm serious. This is ridiculous why anybody would go to the trouble when you've got red tube. Um, <laughs> and, and makes their bodies slimmer with rounder boobs. 
Yeah. Oh, my God. UNP female body renewal is trailed by another body replacement mod, which is intended to emphasize wider shoulder, bigger breasts, and full thigh to create what you call a sexy Amazonian woman while not being overly muscular. Far out there, bloody... Like, they give them this, okay? As, as much as I look at this and go, what is wrong with you people? <laughs> give them this. They, they've gone to the trouble. They've gone to yeah, the yeah, effort yeah. and the trouble. Yeah. Um, so there you go. It, 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 have you seen that there's a really bad... Oh, actually, I love this film, an 80s film called Weird Science. Have you seen it? I have, yeah. And Where you, they create remember, the... Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the, the, so for those who haven't seen it, they, these two little nerds create a woman out of... Um, you know, on a computer, <laughs> on a computer, on like a Commodore, and bring it alive, yeah, and bring it alive, yeah. And they, and there's a bit where they go bigger breasts, and they chuck in, you know, all these photos of women with bigger breasts, and then the the, the computer three D render comes out huge, and like, whoa, pair, pair it back. It sort of reminds <laughs> me of this, you know, all these nerds around in bedrooms just going, I want bigger breasts. <laughs> if you are listening to this and um, uh, you're a little bit, you know, turned on by this, and maybe you want to go down this route, <laughs> check. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Um, but you can check it out in Nexus mods, okay? And look, with um, but doesn't know. it beg, Pete? It just it's so what? it's so timely we're talking about this because as I I did a um before you play a review today for Red Dead Redemption Two. Yes, you did. And I was on that website having a look at <laughs> read reading some of my my awesome stuff that I write, and I wrote I read about uh, a retro rocks review I did a couple of months ago about strip poker back in the day on the Commodore mm. sixty four, and yep. and the question I did ask in that review which is a bigger question. Why isn't more adult content available to gamers? Because um, there's a lot of violence, but not so much sex stuff. And I'm not saying I want to go out and, you know, have nude women on my screen as I'm playing games. Mind mm. you, that would that would be all right. Um, it's more about, the, I, I should have an option as an adult gamer to play a strip poker with some decent graphics and have a bit of fun with it. Because I find that quite fun, right? Yes, playing I poker. agree. Do you think there'd be enough of a market for it, for a strip poker Let's be honest, right? Now, you say not, as a mature bake. Not the seedy stuff. Like, right now, no, no. I like, think... it's got to be classy, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. I don't know how it make it classy. But, <laughs> but look, okay, let's, let's, let's draw this scenario out here mm. quickly, right? You mentioned mature gamer. Mm. Yes, you're a mature gamer and you should have that choice. But when are you going to play it? Like, you're at home, you've got kids, oh, you've mate. got the missus. I'll find the time. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Life finds a way. Don't come in here, kids! Don't come in here! <laughs> <laughs> what uh, was that about the switch being a handheld? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Skyrim, anyone? <laughs> um, <laughs> <A> boom. <laughs> but the point is, right, is yeah. that, and again, I mean, this probably has, is giving people an insight into my sick, dirty little mind. Mm. But I still think there are, you know, and I, and I always hark back to Legend Suit Larry. That game, with the graphics these days, and you could have so much fun with that game, and it'd be humorous and funny. And, um, not particularly, I mean, pro, you know, I think you probably have to be a little bit sexist with a game like that, but not in an offensive way. I'm not talking. Not in an I'm offensive not... way. I, th I think it would fall somewhere in the category of, you know, the, look, don't hate. If you don't like it, don't download it. Like it's. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, like yeah. you, uh, and you know what, to an extent there's that sort of stuff already available. We saw news recently of steam, um, steam in Australia mm. bringing proper full on X rated content. To yeah. you know, like that's like hentai anime games, and, we, and we we are talking. There's a line here because you know, um, I'm not talking porn as such. I'm talking more fun, yeah, with a bit of adult content. Yeah, I know. That's what you mean. The, I, 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 I don't personally. Is it different from the strip 
joints in Grand Theft Auto Five? Like, is is it? Yeah, I think so because yeah. I think it needs to be a bit more. Because um... that's blatant. Well, th- that is. Yeah, that 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 is. That's right. Yeah, and but that's also I think. You know, again, we heart back to great games having great storylines, and GTA Five's got one of the best. And I think that part of it is actually probably a little bit, not probably, is um, not key to the story, but it certainly adds to the story yeah, because you are a sleazebag. You are Trevor, who's a complete sleazebag. You are Mike, who, who I, you know, I would imagine if he was a real life character, would be going into strip clubs when mm. he had the chance. And and um, who was the other guy? Is Mike, Trevor, and. Oh, can't remember. I can't again, remember. Again, once again, again, we've we've ticked that box again where there's millions of listeners. I want to say Noah. Oh my god! I want to say yeah, Noah. I want to say Noah too. Uh, You're gonna Mike, check it out, aren't you? Trevor, and Trevor, Mike, and it won't be uh, Noah. It'll be something. You'll be way uh, off, I reckon. GTA Five. Trevor, come on. Come on. But that's you know it, that sort of the thing about GTA Five, and same with Red Dead Redemption too. When it comes out, so, uh, as with Red Dead Redemption. For Christ is Franklin. Franklin. Oh, you're way up. All right. I knew it started with an F though. Um, <laughs> the, the point being is that those kind of quests in those games are actually um, subplots to the, the greater story of that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To me. Yep. Because, uh, and I'm putting my hand up here, you know, when I go to um, Las Vegas with my mates, which I've done a few times, we, we may have frequented a strip club um, once or twice. Yep. Um, just because that's what sometimes you do. You do, I, old man. Yeah, no, that's right. Mind you, I, 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 and I honestly too, and I'm not trying to big myself up here, but I didn't do anything. I just went in there. It was actually quite uncomfortable. You're there for 20 minutes. Went, yeah, we just paid 40 bucks, whatever it was, to get into this place. Isn't yeah. it just though? Can I just say, yeah. right? Like I went to my first strip club mm. uh, when I was, probably when I was, I reckon 20 or 21. Yeah. And who's a dirty prick now? Shut up. <laughs> I was young. Yes. And a gamer. Yes. About as close as I could get. Yeah. And I walked in there and um oddly enough, I felt the same. Yeah. I like it it I, I had these I had these preconceptions going in there that it would be, oh man, boobs and oh yeah, and shake it, shake it, baby. Like yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 you know, like yeah, whoa, get them yeah. out and yeah, like yeah. all sexy yeah, yeah. and and I walked in there and I saw it and it was really and no disrespect to because there are obviously different levels of the one we went to i i felt quite uncomfortable and i felt um it i felt it like it was just sleazy and weird and the people that were in there were weird and man we we walked in and like me and my mate looked at each other and and just kind of went ah nah this probably it doesn't really i don't float my boat for us like you know like and we and we left and yeah Went and played Leisure Suit Larry, like, it, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, but it, yeah, I, that interesting that, like, mm. it's yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know, the, 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 back to the point of this whole start with the story, may, maybe the you know the fact that there there are modders doing this, um, I don't particularly agree so much with the you know the bigger breasts and the fuller lips and all stuff. I think it's a bit strange, and that's actually probably um, perpetuating that thing at the moment in the media about you know, you know the real women, woman, as opposed to the ones that's photoshopped. And I was just, you know, I don't really agree with any of that stuff myself, personally. Mm. The point being, uh, with more of the sexy stuff and the, you know, the, the bikini stuff they're doing with these mods, maybe, maybe there isn't demand for it. I don't know. 
Well, there clearly is demand for it. It's the most downloaded one out of all the mods. Yeah. yeah. Right? There clearly is demand for it. But, um, but and it's, 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 you know. And who's to say it's blokes that are downloading well, it? Like CD well, blokes. True. That's true. I mean, it could be that's women right. who are downloading it going, oh, you know, I want to see. I want to see this game a bit sexier. Yeah, like it's, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think it, the second that you start hear, hearing, you know, nude, this and that, you, you automatically go to, oh, this sleazy guy, like, in a mm. dark corner, blah, blah, blah. There may be a very good reason for it. You just don't know, you know. No. Probably is a seedy guy, but, you know. We'll, you wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> um, okay, let's move on. Let's go to the second thing that gamers yep. need to hear this week. And uh, this is big. Anthem is not far away, right? So, Oh, my God. Oh, my. Yep. God. The beta goes live in February. Does it? All right. Now, plenty of information for people who are chasing details on the beta, but essentially it's an EA game. And if you've got Origin subscriptions through Origin Access, you will have access to the beta of the game. Is and of it, course, through pre-order and so on and so forth. Is it the master beta? It is <laughs> the master beta. <laughs> uh, so it's going to be sensational, but... Dad joke. Trickles. Trickles of details slowly yeah. emerging and making their way. Uh, this one from MMOGames.com. Anthem exec producer confirms new raid details. So Destiny fans, like, we're sort of getting that feeling from them using the term raid. Yes. That there's going to be some real high-end uh, cooperative endgame content yeah, here. Okay. So... This goes on to say, we mentioned before how Anthem's development team seems to be one of the more open ones in Bioware's history, and that trend appears to continue with another round of Q&A with the game's executive producer, Mark Durra. This time around, we've got a couple of new tidbits about Anthem raids and how they'll work, roughly, anyway. According to another round of tweets from Durra, Anthem raids will absolutely have some form of actual matchmaking, unlike Destiny 2's guided games feature, mm. which is still listed as a beta in that game. So the guided games feature is something where if you're solo queuing, you can tag along, mm -hmm. or you can bring someone along with you and your group, right? Yep. But again, it's still beta. This is interesting, right? Because an in-game matchmaking system, yeah. I absolutely want to see that. Yes. Because one of the biggest issues that I have with the guys that we raid with in Destiny mm. is that more often than not, <clears throat> we can't find a sixth. There's, yeah, there always okay. seems to be five of us, but I'm we can't six. find a sixth. And again, that sixth, who we usually bring along, if he's available, more often than not, is a much lower light level because he can't play as often as us. But how... Awesome would it be if he could actually match make with people that the same light level as him. Yes. Go through the raid on his own so that when we get together as mates, like we're all teaming together at the same sort of level because he's able to play and match make in his own time yep. and build. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. So I absolutely want to see something like this. I think it's going to be great. Um, additionally, sorry, were you going to say something? No, no, no. Yeah. Additionally, Dara confirmed that there will not be any loot trading between players, either in raids or any other content. That said, Excuse me. The majority of loot drops you receive will be tailored for you and the javelin you're piloting. One of four javelins, all with different specs, which suggests that you'll receive other items for other javelins in case you care to keep your options open. The likely most often asked question of when beta starts still has no answer. Wrong! <laughs> Wrong! <laughs> Hang on a sec. However, a recent article on the game's official website did outline a few ways for players to get a taste of the game prior to its February 22nd release. These include a VIP demo for those who pre-order or are members of every tier of Origin Access on February 1st. Spoken and authorized by Pete Corelli. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Early access to the full game for Origin Access Premier members on February 15th and a 10-hour long trial for regular EA and Origin Access members on that same date as well. 
I think this game, I, I wanted to ask you about this, and I think this is a bigger topic than just having a chat now, so maybe we'll put this on the back burner. Okay. But um, just watching the hype for Red Dead Redemption 2 and just thinking, I know, I know that game's going to deliver on hype. Yeah. Yep. I know. Yeah, I agree. I, I've, I've got that much faith in Rockstar. Well, when you've got a game where the testicles of the horse shrink and grow with the weather, <laughs> you know you're onto something good. Well done. Well done, Who Kudos. Kudos. Kudos, Rockstar. But um, this game, Anthem, I think will suffer from a similar level of hype because I've seen a bit of gameplay and just gone, holy shit, yeah. that is awesome. Yeah. And I truly hope and pray with every fibre of my being that it delivers too because I love... There's nothing more, and this is the bigger topic, there's nothing more disappointing when you have a game that absolutely speaks to you in terms of content, storyline, and, and then it doesn't deliver on that. Yeah. Um, I hated, and you'll hate me for this, but I hated Turok, the, the, the first Turok on the 64. Are you? I could not stand it. Are you joking? And I fell for the hype. And Mate, I reckon, I, Turok was, oh my God. I know. Turok was amazing. It had, uh, well, it had the most incredible AI that the Nintendo 64 had seen yes, yet in its enemies. I remember. But I was a bit older than you, and I didn't fall for that shit. What do you mean you didn't fall for that shit? Get stuffed. <laughs> but the, the when you see a Velociraptor take off because he's seen you with a with a powerful weapon and go and get his mates and come yeah, back. Yeah, but you're an, you're an eight year old in short pants. You love that yeah, shit. I'm I'm yes. I'm twenty years, years old and trying to go, trying to go to strip clubs. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> the point. But so we'll we'll talk about this later on. But um, I ho really hope Anthem delivers on that because uh, everything I've seen about it is epic. Absolutely epic. Um. We'll move on from that and uh, get <clears throat> quickly wrapping up with this third story because we've mm. got to get to Avril. Yeah, we do. We've got um, him. He's, he's been on hold for all this time. Poor guy, Kevin Walker, <laughs> uh, who is just one of the all-time greats when it comes to Overwatch casting, one of the pros. Uh, get to him very soon. But, uh, mate, this is, this is a, a cool bit of news that I wanted to bring up because it's just another nice little game is doing good. Mm. All right? But, you know... The amount of times we've spoken about the fact that, that gaming brings people together, and this is a clear example of that. Yeah. Uh, this from BBC.com. Oh, yeah. Actually, BBC. The BBC. Whoa. Gamers meet in real life. Oh, I did say this, yes. At bedside of terminally ill friend. How good is this? When a member of their friendship group was in hospital receiving treatment for cancer, six men who have been friends for years came together. However, this was the first time they had been in the same room or even the same state. They met through online gaming and have forged a friendship that has tied them together. The image of the friends gathered around Joe's hospital bed in New Jersey has moved many to share similar stories of the meaningful relationships that have begun online. David Miller from New Brunswick, Canada, shared the story on Reddit. The 19-year-old said he had met Joe and the others online about five years ago. We played pretty much everything. We played all the time. Even if we weren't playing games, we would be just hanging out, talking about anything. But this summer, the friends discovered Joe, 23, 23, mm. Dan, had been diagnosed with Ewing sarcoma. The prognosis was terminal, and he now lives in a hospice center. We always had an idea we would eventually meet up, but after finding out that our time was limited, we knew we had to do it sooner rather than later, David said. We all knew we had to do it. Though the friends had never met in real life before, there was no awkwardness. We just hung out like we had done it 1,000 times before, David said. It meant everything, especially to Joe. There were definitely tears. It was a dream we have had since the beginning, and it's amazing that it came true. The heartwarming image was described as absolutely amazing and so special by Reddit users, it has been upvoted more than 148,000 times oh, on the brilliant. site. It also moved many to share their own examples of the powerful friendships they have forged online. Michael Thomas Sullivan from Louisiana said he was filled with joy on seeing the photo on Reddit. 
because it reminded him of first meeting with a longtime friend, Dylan. Michael told the BBC he started speaking to Dylan online 12 years ago and their relationship is extremely important to him. Dylan has been through a lot with me and we've watched each other grow. More Reddit users went on to talk about the things and supporting each other through major milestones of life and all from different corners of the globe, just having met online. Mm. Mate, it's an extraordinary thing, gaming. It really is. Um, it, it has its negatives, which we see all too often, unfortunately, but yeah. it certainly has its positives, which we do not see enough. And yeah. I think that's our job as, oh, that's, uh, that's as gamers we, in yep. media who get an opportunity to really talk about this sort of stuff. And that word. is just spectacular. Absolutely spectacular. And it's... um. I'm fortunate enough, I guess, that I haven't had uh, an experience with anyone um, that ill or obviously terminally ill, terminally ill, but um, so I'm thankful for that. But this is a really, I mean, that that poor young man will die knowing that he fulfilled a dream to Mm. meet his fellow gamers. Yeah. And it is, it's so right. You you know, um, it's like, it'd be, you know, you could chance meet a couple of guys in a pub and get to know them that way, but the gaming has that real... um, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because you can't see him initially. You just hear him and you got chatting and, you know, I don't know. It's, <clears throat> there's some kind of romance to it. That, that... I think, you know what? You think of, okay, you think of all the great stories of people banding together throughout life. And we're yeah. talking fictional stories and non-fictional yeah, stories, sure, okay? Sure. True stories. They've gone through something epic, okay? And it's, yeah, and it's oh, brought yeah, them together. Great call, yes. Now, man, I... Exactly where you're going with this. I yeah. still remember the first time that... Um, me and my online mates yep. conquered the first raid in, in Destiny. Yeah. Right? After sitting together in, in around the same table with our um, PS4s connected to televisions. Yeah. Right? And um, our other mates, like just a couple of us and our other mates, you know, in the US and yep. one from Europe who we found online on Reddit. Like, you know, you like we still keep in touch because like we, it took us eight hours to yeah. knock that over. Yeah. You know, and look, granted, right, you know, there might be people listening to this who, um, or one day listening to this who just don't quite get that side of thing. It's just gaming. It's not like you've cured cancer. Well, no, yes, sure, it's just gaming. We haven't cured cancer, but you don't understand the feeling of hammering away for eight hours with a group of mates and the camaraderie that comes out of destroying that boss at the oh, end man. after trying a hundred million Absolutely, times. Absolutely, 100%. It's just, a, it's just a bonding thing. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing. thing. Yeah. So, look. Um, That's a fantastic story, Pete. It is a fantastic yeah. story, and I mean, we wish sad, these guys obviously well. Obviously, very and, sad. The, man, the man's you know, terminal, but um, yeah. at least he has a, a, a few glimmers of light in his life. That's right. You know? uh, Joe, we wish you all the best, yes. mate. And uh, it's great that you've got good gaming friends around you. All right, let's bring the lights up on this. Because yes. we've got to get to our yes. guest. Call me the postman because I deliver. You do, man. I deliver. You've got casting right. royalty. Now, I have got casting royalty. I said I was going to get casting royalty and this week. And you bloody did. I don't actually remember saying that out loud to anybody. <laughs> but the mere fact that we do, we're bloody running with it. Yes. Okay. Uh, this is absolutely bloody wicked. Kevin yeah. Walker is one of the greats that you see on the panels, eSports casting and analysis. He's been mm. on the big time, mate. We're talking Blizzard here. We're talking Overwatch. And he joins us all the way from New Zealand. You beauty. Hello, mate. Welcome to the Game on Australia podcast. Hey, guys. How's it going? I'm happy to be here. This sounds pretty good. Awesome. Mate, uh, look, for people listening who don't know who you are, what the hell is wrong with you? Mm. Uh, can you just give us, a, give us a little bit of background? Who are you? What do you do? Um, I'm an Overwatch caster for 
um, Overwatch Contenders, which is basically for Overwatch esports, it's the Tier 2 Professional League just under the Overwatch League. So I handle the Pacific region and I, um, I, I guess I do the Australian region as well. So um, yeah, a lot of the local stuff, a lot of the local professional stuff across Australia and the rest of Asia Pacific. Yeah, wow. Now let's get right into this because often the first question that I tend to get hit with of people that I, I talk to and I say, hey, you know, this person's going to be on the podcast is usually, man, what is the work that they had to put in to get to where they are today? And that is the question I pose to you, mate. What is the work you had to put in and what did it take? What was the journey like to get to where you are doing Overwatch contenders for Blizzard? It's a pretty long one. I don't, I don't even know how far to go back for this, but it's like specifically for Overwatch um, you know, I, I sort of got into the game when it came out in May, a couple of years back in 2016. And I had a um, Team Fortress 2 background, so it was, to me, a, a pretty similar game. And I'd already been involved competitively as a player um, in Team Fortress for several years, actually. It, it, it goes all the way back to, like, you know, 2008 for that. So among, like, competitive gaming and esports and that kind of stuff, I've, I've been pretty... I've been a fan of it for forever. Um, and then, you know, towards the more, I'd say maybe like early 2000s, like 2012 and stuff like that, I started to get into community events and trying to get myself involved in, you know, setting up tournaments and doing some administration, doing anything I could to just get things running locally in New Zealand, some Australian stuff as well online. And then, you know, with tournaments, I thought, you know, I could give this a shot. I'll, I'll do some casting, I'll do some commentary for Team Fortress because I was a, you know, a reasonably decent player, the people who did commentary sort of got me in by saying, hey, would you like to give this a go? Um, you know, we're looking for people who know a bit about the game, who know what they're talking about to sort of do some analysis and talk to us about what's going on in, in, in this competitive game. And so it started out that way and then transitioned to Dota 2 and then into Hearthstone and some other games. And then when Overwatch came out, like I said, I was already, you know, coming from Team Fortress. It's just seemed like such a natural progression. And, um, yeah, a lot of work from... 2016 and Overwatch onwards, kind of one thing leads to another. You get into a tournament, you start casting a tournament, you're pretty good, you get better, you, you cast a high-level tournament, you just keep moving with it. And um, sort of come 2018, the whole contenders thing started for, you know, professionally in Australia and in the Pacific region. And uh, my name was kind of on the list. So in, in a way, I'm kind of fortunate. Um, but yeah, it was, it was quite a long journey to get there. You've done the hard yards and that's sort of, you know, I mean, hard work creates fortune, I reckon. So sounds yeah. like you uh, set yourself up beautifully there. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely, um, definitely quite intense, and I'm, I'm pretty happy with where I'm at so far. It's yeah, pretty good. awesome. Now, um, you cast with some extraordinary talent as well. Tell us a little bit about Pixie. What's it? What's it like casting with Pixie? Um, he's a guy that I've known for a while. We we go back all the way to like 2014, I think. You know, we sort of met while we were both casting different games. I was casting Dota at the time and he was casting League of Legends. So, you know, there was a bit of the mobile rivalry. So we didn't really, we didn't really uh, get to know each other for a while. And then sort of from, we, we both started casting Hearthstone. That's how we sort of met up. And then when Overwatch came out, I thought, you know, who am I going to cast with for this game? Because I, I want someone um, who I can consistently practice with and partner up with. And, you know, he was someone that was in the back of my head as uh, as someone that was very good that I wanted to keep working with, so he's um, he's an interesting fellow. He's uh, I don't know if you can sort of how much you get off his on-screen persona, but uh, I'd say that's like basically him off-screen as well. He's 
he's not too different. He's um, he's very up there. We have, I, I think, which probably, hopefully, reads off well, is kind of like almost opposite personalities. Like he's he's not so much. He's not exactly over the top, but he's you know on the higher end of that energy uh, energy wise. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm more of a you know straightforward. I'm more like. Um, a more, a more. I don't know if grounded is, is the right word to use here, but you know, it's it's sort of different. Like I'm a bit more deadpan. He's a little bit more eccentric, is is, is how I'd probably describe it. And um, yeah, so you know, we've been working together for many years, and it's it's just good. Um, you mentioned practice, Kevin. I'm I'm interested in this. So we had our big, um, one of our national sports over here is uh, Australian rules football. We had the big grand final on Saturday, and I remember uh, listening to a commentator last week who was saying he was watching. Um, some of the finals leading up to the big game in, and practicing his commentary. And I'd imagine, especially if you're getting thrust into the casting scene um, without too much experience, I guess, you have to practice a bit, do you? I guess that's what you do. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I guess it depends on where you're coming from. For where we are now, we get a lot of, I'd say, practice in during the season so we do yeah. like seasonal I guess it's you know it's, it's sports really so we do it based on you know when the season happening which could be eight weeks at a time really yeah um and there's a lot of matches in there and you know we're reviewing um a good amount of those matches if not all if not all of them if you know we have time for it um so we're going back and saying okay these are things that were good these are things not so good these are things we could be improving on and that's not just for ourselves but for each other as well which is why working I guess in a partnership is quite useful because we can both be quite honest with each other to sort of develop each other, which is not something you'd be able to get if you constantly swapped casting partners. If you, yes. uh, if you, if you work more on your own, you don't get as much of that peer to peer feedback. And I guess um, for people starting out as well, it's like, you know, he, we both have, um, I guess, sort of performing performance backgrounds, you know, yeah. um, he's, he sort of come through a bit of film school. I sort of came through um, a bit of, you know, TV, studio, video work in uni and stuff like that, as well as um, taking some vocal uh, vocal training and, you know, acting kind of stuff to, in terms of training. Like, I think that's all very helpful. Like, that's all a lot of the stuff that really helps you get to a really professional level. So, I yeah, 100% agree with that. It's... um. You know, uh, Pete and I both work in radio for our day jobs, and and uh, yeah. Pete's on, Pete's more on air than me. But um, a lot of it comes down to yeah, almost like a performance, really, uh, in a way, because you're you, you're sort of part of that part of that package of the of the entertainment package. You know, it's um yeah. it's very interesting, yeah. And um, look, speaking of that performance, take us through what a regular day looks like for somebody like yourself when you've got a big, well-produced broadcast to do for contenders. Um, I mean, I, I was at MEO pretty recently, so I think that's like a, I don't know if you, it's a regular day would probably be more something like, you know, you would show up to the studio a good two to three hours beforehand. Uh, Pixie and I would go and review the matches for the evening and sort of go through any notes that we have for uh, the teams and the players that are going to be facing off against each other and, and look over any notes from reviews that we've done or um, either for, you know, those teams and players in the past or, like, for our casting. I guess it's a combination of everything in that case. Um, and, you know, because we do the Pacific region usually, that's uh, usually at nighttime because it's based off um, 
Taiwan's local time zone, which oh, I think okay. is actually the same as Perth. Yeah, the, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and because we're in New Zealand, you know, we're, we're quite a bit ahead, so we end up, you know, starting a broadcast somewhere like 10 p.m. or 11 p.m. going until like 2 to 3 a.m. or even later if the games are quite slow or if they go quite long. And yeah, so, right. you know, we'll get a bit of dinner in there and then we'll go through the matches. Usually there's about three matches that go about um, an hour to two hours each. So it ends up being like a five to six hour broadcast or not. There's, some, there's you know, a decent amount of breaks in there as well. Um, and then that's more like a regular regular broadcast day and then something, you know, higher up like, you know, Melbourne East Ponts Open where we both did the playoffs for the Australian contenders and the top four teams there. You know, it's it's like that and then, you know, add on a whole bunch more stuff like a rehearsal day, for example, and then, um, you know, interviews with teams and then just, you know, everything times five times ten. Wow. Does it does it keep you busy enough? Like it like that, and that's a it's a bit of a loaded question. Like because you know, often you hear that um, professional esports, particularly in Australia, because it's such a it's such a, a thing that is is yet to come of age. It's getting there, but it's it's a thing that is yet to come of age in Australia. So a lot of the pros have a little side hustle that they need to keep food on the table. Is that the case for somebody at your level, or do you? Without having to go into too much detail, obviously, with all due respect, do you earn enough to, to for this to be your full time job, and that's it? Um, I'd say uh, currently, um, depending on where you're working out of, and, and I'd say because you know, I think you're definitely right about uh, the Australian New Zealand region was sort of in that sort of sort of development stage. Mm across all of these sports. So um, for us, not really. We do we do still have to... Uh, I mean, it's to the stage where when you're on the season, which is, you know, which will be a good uh, maybe five, four to five months out of a year, and maybe more if we get additional events um, or anything like that that are beyond contenders. So if we do other esports events and stuff like that, maybe it helps out. Um, so for half the year, we effectively can kind of live off it. And then for the other half of the year or, you know, even sort of during the entire year, really, you could just be working a part-time job the whole time. I guess it's pretty similar to where a pro player would be. So like, you know, pro players in this region, um, if you're, you know, at the top of your game, you're playing League of Legends in the OPL, you're, you're one of the top teams, you're playing a lot, you're, you're professional a lot of times, but when you're off season, you're probably getting a part-time job or a job somewhere else before you hit the season again. So it's pretty similar in that regard. I think, you know, um, region-wise, uh, I think if you were based somewhere like North America or Korea, then you'd be much more likely to be actually properly living off it full-time. So so what is it about the Australian and New Zealand market? What what needs to happen for this market to for, for guys like yourself to be able to go, yes, I am a dead set full-time uh, Overwatch professional analyst and caster. That's my full-time job. I make a good wage off it. You know, this is, this is what I do for a living, you know. And I like that. Yep. What, what, what's lacking here that the other, the other markets around the world aren't? So I think uh, infrastructure and um, I'd say popularity. As well. I think it's very popular, but I think it, it, it could still be a lot more popular. Like yeah. Compare it to bigger regions across the world, like, again, I have to say North America and, and Korea here. 
Um, their fan bases are massive, especially Korea. Uh, their viewership is massive. And when those things happen, it's again, I've you know, got to go back to sports here. You know, when you have a lot of people going to the stadiums, a lot of people watching on telly or, you know, anything like that, a lot of interest gets, gets around it. Um, that's when the sponsorship comes in. That's when a lot of the big dollars comes in from people that want to put their brands up, people that want to inject money into it, people that want to build the industry and build the scene, build the infrastructure. So I think for Australia, we're only just seeing in the past uh, year, I think 2017, we saw the first, I would say, like truly major esports event, which was IEM Sydney, Intel Extreme Masters Sydney, uh, where they, if you don't know what IEM is, um, I implore you to look it up. It's a pretty, it's a pretty well-regarded, pretty massive esports event globally where they, they basically go around a tour. They, you know, they'll be in multiple different cities across the year. And um, also, I think it was Australia's first like truly massive esports event had something... Um, I, well, I'm going to mess this up. I don't know the exact number, like five between five to ten thousand people this, attending this, in the stadium. Yeah, this year. I mean, the first year they they blew the numbers out beyond what they were expecting, yeah. and this year they they sold Kudos Bank Arena out. They had over seven thousand people crammed into that place. It was it was absolutely mm. spectacular, and I mean, you know, a, a CS:GO event with three hundred thousand dollars in prize money, uh, Australian in there. That's that's something to behold for this country. Exactly. We've now had two IEM events and we've had MEO uh, recently this year as well. So I'd say, you know, you, when you look at it, it's like three big esports events in this region and, you know, since 2017. So we're really still kind of in the early stages where there's a lot more interesting. If you even look at it, you compare 2017 IEM to 2018 IEM. And I think the numbers are one thing, but if you look at who comes on board, like which sponsors came on board, yeah. like how much bigger the event is, who cares about it, you know, uh, suddenly you got much bigger brands on this, suddenly you got a lot more interest. And like you said, you know, they sold out Kudos Bank Arena. Give it a couple of years, give it, you know, a little bit more time down the road, and you think, you know, we're really starting to see a shift here in Australia and New Zealand where um, – it's just getting more and more popular. So somewhere down the line when, you know, it all starts coming together in a, in a much bigger way, I think you're going to see, see the magic happen. Yeah. Now, um, is it, is it Avril or is it AVRL? Is that how you, uh, oh, it's Avril. Okay. So you can also call me Kevin, if you like Kevin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, the thing is the reason why I say this, right, is because I'm going to do a little something here and you'll have to bear with us. Okay. Because okay. this, this great man, Dan yeah. jumped into our discord, right? Oh, yeah. He joined our discord, cool. uh, when we were going back and forth organizing this. Yeah. And when he did our good mate, who's one of our, uh, content creators, Tidget yeah. lost his bloody mind. <laughs> Right, so now Tidget doesn't know that we're about to do this, but um, Kev, if you wouldn't mind, just hold on a sec. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna surprise Tidget with a phone call. Is that okay? Go for it. All right, hang on a sec. I'm gonna conference <laughs> this, you two. This just, is so good. Hang on a sec. Just hold the line there, mate. Hold the line. Hold the line. <laughs> if he doesn't answer, I swear to God, <laughs> he won't answer. Uh, hello. Hey, Tidge. Yeah, what's up? Hey, man, how you doing? Good, fella. How are you? Yeah, really good, really good. Hey, um, listen, can you just do us a favour? Yeah. Yeah, would you mind just um saying hello to Avril? <laughs> hey, mate, how's it going? <laughs> oh, fucking good day, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. 
Now, look, uh, um, Tidget, Tidget blessed us with some with some questions that he um he wanted to pitch you away, Avril, because he's a he's a massive fan, and he actually runs the the Junkertown FM podcast as well, which is about as good as an Overwatch podcast as we've ever heard. And uh, mate, we thought you know rather than us. Uh, move them along. We thought it would be better if you had an opportunity to ask the great man himself. So, Tidge, if you've got a couple of questions, take it away for him. Oh, mate, you've put me on the spot now. I'm going to have to uh, go down to what I actually wrote, I reckon. Get a listen out. Uh, go for it. Come on. <laughs> Off the cuff. Off the cuff. Okay. Um, how glorious is Pixie's mustache in real life? Um... It's real. Uh, I've tried pulling it off. It is definitely real. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's in your face, man. It'll punch you sometimes. I don't know. It's there. Um, no, but I do, I do have some actual legitimate questions that I would love to actually hear your, your thoughts about, if you, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, one thing that was particularly uh, one of the first things that came into my mind was the idea of... Um, the Pacific region, um, and without it being uh, too much of like a racist remark, but how do you think that the scene would be if the Koreans weren't like involved in it? Um, yeah, so this is um, this is a talk, topic I've uh, definitely had a lot to think about. Um, I've answered maybe a couple times, but the, the thing about that is that Really, you have you got to look at it in two ways, right? Like for for one for one thing, it's like yeah, you want the best teams playing because that's the nature of competition, right? The best teams should be playing, but at the same time, when you look at what contenders is, it's it's a development league, right? It's your minor league. If it was baseball, it'd be ML. It's like you know your minor league baseball, right? It's it's kind of there to help build the scene and help build the region. And I think uh, when you have the first couple of Korean teams in there. Um, especially when you when you go back in time to something like you know, even contender season one or let's say OPC season two, right? Um, there's only a couple of them in there, and there's still a decent amount of the local competition. But it's getting to the point where, and this is where I see where you're coming from, right? There's like five, and maybe even more coming in next season. We don't even really know yet. And I think um, I don't know what the real solution is, and you know. It's it's a real touchy subject as well, right? Because it's like, what do you, what are you supposed to do? Uh, but I think there definitely needs to be a way where you sort of look at this and say you need to be giving the chances to the local teams. And I guess the way I, I run it through my head is um, the local organisations who are based in the region, if they want to field the full Korean team, then you know, they probably had the prerogative to do so. But if you are a mm. Korean organization, you should probably just be playing in Korea instead. Jeez. Mm. <laughs> First question he gets a chance to ask him, and, he, and it's racist. Good one, <laughs> mate. Well done. Uh, hey, I'm a, I'm <laughs> Let's get all the controversial questions out of the way first. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> Come on, what else hey, you got, Tidge? Go for it. Come on. Sorry, what was that? What else you got, mate? Go for it. Um, I'd also ideally... I feel like it's one of the primary divisions that suffered the most due to um, the fact that it's not really land-driven um, and that you have people kind of bouncing around on such different, um, like a different ping. Yeah. And it kind of, for a competitive environment, it can be such a huge disadvantage for a team to be competing, especially when you're playing something like uh, like Hiscan or um, in particular when... Um, Widow was so prominent in season two. 
it just seemed really at a disadvantage, especially for people like Blank Esports, yeah. um, to be competing in a division like that. Um, obviously, we can't get everybody on land because the money involved, and we're just not there yet. Um, but how would you look at trying to improve the Pacific division itself? Uh, I mean, first of all, I, I think uh, there's actually only one region right now that plays full online, and that's Korea. Um, but I think you're, you're right in Santa Pacific is probably the region that stands out as among the six regions that play online as the one that has the worst ping issues because of how yeah. far away all the countries are. Um, I think it's it's interesting where we how we got here because if you look back in even Contender Season 1, Pacific, that was on land, right? If you remember that, that was fully yep. on land. And there, you sort of mentioned this already, but there were the problems with you know finances, teams that actually qualified into it couldn't actually get to land because it was too costly. And the teams that were there for land playing over you know the entire season where it was costing them a lot of money to, to stay there. Um, so I think, I mean, the real solution for Pacific is it has to go back to land, but it has to be a lot more affordable. And when you start to say, okay, well, it has to be a lot more affordable, well, who pays the money... And I think it's easy to say, well, Blizzard should just pay the money, but, you know, then Blizzard's lo- somebody's losing money, right? It's like, you know, you got to, who's drawing the short stick here? Is it, is it Blizzard? Is it the teams? Is it, is it, you know, the players? Who is it? And I think um, the more, like, wholesome way to fix it is if, if um, the competition could be more valuable. It's pretty, val- it's, like, decently valuable, but if it was, like, much bigger, a lot more sponsor interest, a lot more money going into it from outside of, Blizzard and even the teams, then you know that helps the teams. That helps Blizzard out. That gets Pacific back on land because I think the only way you can do it fair in a fair way is to put Pacific back on land. But it's it is very costly. So yeah, yeah, of course I get I get that. But like, um, do do on the same subject of the division specifically, do you see that um, the differences between season one and season two, and potentially season three when it does start? Um, do you see it moving in a much more positive way, or do you think there's still issues with um, the Pacific region itself, by any, like in comparison to some of the other divisions? You're talking like uh, like infrastructure-wise, or like organizational-wise, or um, kind of both. When you say problems, yeah. So do you say both? Yeah, kind of both. Yeah. Um, I don't think you're going to see. This, I'm not speaking for, I don't like represent the Wizard I'm not speaking for them, but I don't <laughs> yeah. think we're going to see any notable changes coming in for season three. And that's just because I think the year for contenders is kind of locked in in terms of this is what contenders looks like this year. We're going to note down what the problems are. This is, you know, what I gather. I'm, I'm kind of speculating um, for, for what I think Blizzard are kind of doing. And they're going to gather all of that and, and, and hopefully put it together to give us a, a, you know, an improved contenders package for 2019. So I think in contenders 2019, we're going to see some much needed changes, uh, not just for Pacific, I think across the board, that'd be quite useful, um, quite helpful and quite exciting. And, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't really mm-hmm. hold out for any, any big changes for uh, the rest of this year. Though. Mm. Tidget. Mate, yes. we're going to have to yes. leave it there. But uh, okay. thank you very much. We appreciate it. But I you. have so many more questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to get... Uh, right, head up my DMs. You'll be all right. Oh, hey. Hey. oh hey. Boom. 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 Boom.
thanks, Tidget. Thank you so Thank much. You. I appreciate it. Is there anything? Is there anything you want to say? Like, do you want to blow him a kiss? Do you want to? Is there anything you want to say before you go, <laughs> Tidget? Um, I wouldn't blow him a kiss, but I'd smack a fat one on him if he wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Good stuff. Thanks, Tidge. Thank you so much, guys. See you later. Bye. Um, uh, Avril, you just made his year. Yeah, that's so nice. One of the greats. Um, okay. Now, Avril, before we let you go, there is uh, one last question that we're going to start asking all of our um, all of our big guests, and that is, you ready for this? Yep. What is your favourite part of the chicken? Um, ooh. I think the I think it's got to be thigh. It's just. I'm like I'm like going for like a, I don't know the the most times I eat chicken is probably like KFC right and it's got to be the thigh but mm. um, but what I probably get the most is a wing but I guess the best is the thigh yeah 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 I can understand that especially if you get it from KFC hot and spicy or original recipe on spicy if they got it mm. if it's available mm. if it's available what do you mean if it's available. Because oh, it's like they don't always have hot and I don't know, maybe New Zealand's different. They don't always have hot and spicy for you know the, the standard chicken. That happens here. They, they, Does it really? Yeah, it's some... a, I've never known it's, Perth. It's, it comes and goes. It sort of comes and goes. Yeah. I have never but... known a Perth KFC to not have hot and spicy. Mate, I can give you the tip right now. If you went into KFC before me, there'd be no hot and spicy left when I went in there. Yeah, well, that's, you that's, that's a completely different story. <laughs> um, well answered. You get wings on spicy, but yeah, I, I don't know about the rest. Yeah. Avril, what an absolute pleasure, mate. We cannot thank you enough for jumping on board the Game on Australia podcast and giving us some of your time this afternoon. Um, you are one of the dead set legends, and we look forward to watching you on an incredibly long and very successful career. And please pass on our best and regards to Pixie as well, mate. Thank you so well, much. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks for having me on. What a legend. Mate. Uh, you know, can I put it out there? Put it out there. Hall of Game. Hall of Game? Mm. Get out. Put him in the Hall of Game. Yeah, let's put him in the Hall of because, Game. Because, you know, you you put it on him to teach it, who could have been a fanboy. Well, yep. he was. He was a fanboy. Um, but, you know, uh, uh, he he was great. Fantastic. And he's a, he's a legend of the game. So he goes I am going to I am going to send that to him on LinkedIn right now. Yeah. Kevin, you are, in caps, straight to the Hall of Game. To the Hall, the hall of Game. Game. For anyone who is new to the podcast and doesn't know what we're talking about, we have a little so um, for your time faux hall getting. of game that we uh, update regularly with new entrants when they have uh, uh, either blown us away with uh, interview or they're just a legend of gaming. So, for example, the first inaugural member of the hall of game was PLE Computers because yes. They were the first uh, organization to reach out and say we could do something with you guys, and we, th- we appreciated that. Another one was um, uh, the voice of Mario, Mr. Oh, God. Ah, <laughs> I can't remember either. Oh, uh, no. Oh, God. I've had a mental blank. Charles Martinet, Dan. Charles Martinet, and the voice of Mario, who was the first, uh, I think, human uh Entrant into the Hall of Game. He was the first just human because entrant. he actually came in to do an interview with you, Pete, for your radio show, Les from Pete on the Rush Hour, which was fantastic. I was there filming it, yep. and we turned it into gaming. Yep. And he bloody uh, ended and up, he bloody nailed it. And he ended up signing a, a Mario picture for us. What Signed a legend! Pictures. A legend. He did other stuff as well. He's just just a legend. Just gave his time. Absolute legend. Yeah. Um. So yes, uh, very much appreciative of uh, Kevin's time, and and look forward to more contender stuff in a long 
storied career from Absolutely, that man. Absolutely, yes. Forwarded. Bloody earth. Dan, let's shut this puppy down. We've got to move on. We do. Um, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. Across andrewhogue.com, all of our podcast partners as well, and a big thanks to PLE Computers, our tech sponsor, for all of the great stuff that you send us. Uh, just quickly, 2K for 2K. Mm. That gets announced this week. Ooh. So make sure you're on Facebook. Get across the social media. By the time you hear this, uh, it could very well be Friday because this podcast goes live yes. on Thursday night, AWST midnight, yes. AEST midnight, check your local guides, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and we are going to be drawing what we've got in the pinned post at the Game on AUS Facebook page on are you, Friday. Are you suggesting last chance? Last chance, mate. Last chance. Last chance, Lance. You know, That's it. Limited! Like when Homer. Limited. <laughs> um, and plus, we'll have more stuff to give away very soon. Oh, Let's say two K nineteen might make an appearance. Oh. NBA game. So, Did you just say two K nineteen? I think I might have just said two K nineteen, Dan. Yeah, you never bloody know. Uh, have a great weekend in gaming, and as we always say, don't forget to bloody save.